Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Here on a Wednesday morning, I come bearing good news. I also come bearing gifts today. What to get to. And additionally, uh, some good news along the way. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower. On the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260, where we're live, local and digital. On the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. Jeff Howe on vacation during this week. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, but we do have our producer alongside, Cameron Parker, who's here. How you doing this morning, Cam? I'm doing well, Greg. Yourself? I'm I'm well, and here's here's part of the good news I have, and you, you were on it on the receiving end of this as well. Yesterday on the program, we mentioned that we had not heard from Jeff. And we knew he was on vacation. We knew he was headed down to Disney World where he and Tamara and his daughter Charlotte were going to take in all that was Disney World. So we were wishing him luck with all of that. So uh, I wondered how he'd be doing. It's also hot and humid there in the summer as it always is. But we have had communication with Jeff Howell this morning. So there's good news here. He's alive and well. Here's the good news. Um, He said... Uh, and the, this was the text he delivered to Cam and me. Day two of Disney World, Magic Kingdom. Energy level of five-year-old, vastly superior to parents. Cafe required, caffeine required before getting in line for It's a Small World. <laughs> now, I've been to Disney World before. I've been to the Magic Kingdom. I know that whole It's a Small World uh, ride and experience and everything and it's just, I have a really difficult time envisioning Jeff going through that. Which one is that again? That's 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 a ride that goes in the Magic Kingdom portion of the deal. So it's just not, put it this way, it would not be his cup of tea. No. Okay? So I wouldn't think any of Disney World, except for Epcot, would be his cup of tea. Epcot's great. And and uh, my daughter just returned from Disney World, or she she actually went straight to a cruise after that. But she she loved Epcot best. But Magic Kingdom's a good place to start. I mean, I first went to that. Believe it or not, spring break while in college, Ooh. 1984. Me and my best friend went with uh, some of his 
fraternity brothers. I was not in a fraternity, so I was referred to as the GDI. Mm-hmm. And the last word is independent, so you can figure out the rest. Uh, but uh, but went with the rest of his group, and we went to Fort Lauderdale because we wanted to say, you know what, Fort Lauderdale spring break, it's legendary. Beach, we have to experience yeah. this. So we did, we did for for a few days. But then uh, it was uh, me and and my buddy and another friend of ours that were in one car, and then there were like seven frat dudes in a minivan. They were or not a minivan in a van. So they were in a ten passenger van rolling, and we were in a uh, car. And we left Fort Lauderdale uh, the last full day we drive up, and and we were like ahead of we we're like ahead of time, and we're like, hey, Orlando, Disney World, yeah, why not? We got five hours, so we just we went straight into Magic Kingdom because Epcot had just opened, and we weren't sure, and mm-hmm. you know, so we went on into Magic Kingdom and spent five hours in there and just basically ran around. But the one thing that just kept rolling through my mind back then, and I went later, I went with uh, my first wife, uh, Laurie, and I went like four years later when I was coming off covering Ranger Spring training uh, down in Port Charlotte. We went uh, for a weekend, and we did, at the time, all they had was Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Now, of course, it's massive uh, with all the different um, uh, parts of the theme park. And uh, But the one thing that kept rolling through my mind going through Magic Kingdom was the whole... It, it was like the song "It's a Small World" is played on a continuous loop throughout the whole deal. And if you haven't heard "It's a Small World," it's, it, it would it would make you want to ultimately stab yourself mm-hmm. in, in in the eye with a pencil, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I said my response to Jeff was, "Thanks for the update. Hang in there. Uh, hydrate. Try not to let your head explode hearing it's a small world on a continuous loop while in the Magic Kingdom." He then responded later, Liquid IV saved my bacon yesterday. It's a rain-cooled 73 now. I said, that's nice. And so he went through it, and they went on the ride. He said, ride is over. Pretty sure you could be tried for a war crime using that as a torture (laughs) device. I said, as long as you can stand up and walk straight. I was mentioning yesterday how uh, I got talked into getting on the Texas Giant. I didn't even really have to get talked to because I like roller coasters. And I got on it, but it show, shook up the bottom part of my back. I was walking mm-hmm. crooked when I got off. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully everything's all right. So, but we had good news in that so far uh, things are going well for him. Our, our uh, Specs text line is open, as always, is 512-337-337. Three seven seven six five one two three three seven three seven seven six. For example, non-degenerate Spurs fan says, "My cup of tea is definitely not what happened in the Rangers versus yeah. White Sox game." We're going to get to that. Mm. That's right on my list as well on the home plate call. Uh, also, somebody said, uh, uh, "It's a small world." Think Tinkerbell, not Jeff. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. It just didn't. Uh, I don't think of Jeff with that. Now, Epcot, absolutely. Uh, Space Mountain, sure. You know those the Star Wars deal, all that. Why? Why he's not a Star Wars guy, but you know, still, uh, I, those kinds of things I could envision Jeff involved in more. Not so much on the it's a small world thing, but he has a five year old, so you got to go the you got to do those things. It's it, it's part of the deal. Yeah, unless they had like a cocaine bear ride to Magic Kingdom, I, I don't think he's a big fan of that just yet. Yeah, that would be great if they had if they had the cocaine bear experience or something. Uh, they don't. Our, our friend, uh, as always, uh, uh, CP 
Uh, said, oh, by the way, uh, uh, Billy Joe Jim Bob on the text line says, wow, you make it sound like Jeff Howe was lost searching for the Titanic. Listen, you can get, you can get kind of mixed up out there in Disney World. <laughs> but our man CB says, when we lived in California, we lived a couple hours away from Disneyland. In Anaheim, we lived in a city called Victorville. Yep, it's a wasteland now, he points out. Uh, so, so there's, so there's that. Uh, so that's some of the good news that I have to share with you this morning. The other good news, and we got a question about this late last week, and and somebody kind of gruffly asked on the Specs text line, when do the Dave Campbell's magazines come in? When does the Texas football? And I said, they come in when they come in. We're at, you know, at the mercy of shame. Remember the deal they had um, when uh, they had uh, the paper issue and they couldn't come out uh, in time. They had to be shipped later as a result of that because the paper company. Mm-hmm. I think it was last year they had the paper uh, company uh, issue. The printing bureau thing had. Uh, no such difficulties this year. The answer to the texter's question is now. The magazines have arrived. Those of you watching on Twitch or seeing me hold a copy of the brand new edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Now, what does that mean to you? And here's where I come bearing gifts. On this program... Every year, and I've been getting magazines from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, uh, from the great people there uh, at Sports and Action, Highfield Marketing, and, and, and Texas Football Magazine for 25 years now. 25 years going back to being. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, going back to my days over at iHeart. It was, it was, it was, we, uh, they are always generous enough to give us copies to give away on the air. And we're going to do that, and we're not doing it right now. Don't don't, don't rush to the phone lines to, to make Cam's head explode right now. I'll block you. <laughs> uh, but we are going to what we've always done, and we're going to do it again. We're going to give away a copy of the magazine every day on the show from now until into August, every day, on air. However, and and, it, and it's always random. And I'll say be the whatever seventh caller, whatever, and then and then uh, Cameron will take down the name of the person, and you'll have your copy shipped to you. That started as a result of the pandemic. We started shipping the copies out, so that'll be that, that'll be the case. But the other thing we've done over the past few years, and we'll do it again, we'll give away copies on the website at hornfm.com. So if you don't win one here on the air going forward, uh, you can still win one online. Uh, at uh, hornfm.com. And we're going to start this morning. Not right now, so don't call. But we are going to start the giveaway starting this morning. In conjunction with that, and more good news, joining us for the first of our regular conversations in the 11 o'clock hour, none other than Greg Tepper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, who's, of course, co-host alongside... Uh, Aaron Hardigan and yours truly on uh, High School Scoreboard Live on Valley Sports Southwest. So uh, Tep and uh, Tep and I will will talk in the eleven o'clock hour, mainly in our first conversation of the soon to be new season about uh, the cover, which is always a story, and it's Sonny Dykes on the, on the cover, uh, and the in inside fold is none other than Reginald Samples, the coach at Duncanville, who finally won his first elusive state championship. But um, Temp and I will talk uh, in the 11 o'clock hour about that. And like I said, 
We're going to give away a copy today. I'll give you a hint in that it will be sometime in the 11 o'clock hour at some point. We've done it very early. We've done it very late. We've done it in the middle. So it'll be at some point in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll give away a copy on air and uh, by uh, calling us uh, uh, on, on, the, uh, on the hotline on the hotline at uh, 4 Four seven three seven seven six is where you'll get the opportunity calling us in on the hotline. But uh, three three seven three seven seven six is the text line. There you can do that. So uh, we'll do that at some point in the eleven o'clock hour. Before we get to talking to baseball, uh, and and it reminds me by the way tomorrow, uh, Gene Watson, our uh, baseball insider, who uh, has spent uh, more than forty years in the organizations, and of course. Uh, as uh, assistant general manager of the Kansas City Royals, uh, Gino will join us in studio tomorrow. He's he's going to come by and, and have because he's in town uh, doing his evals, his evaluations. He's at uh, been at Round Rock Express games, sweating it out through the heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Gino will uh, will stop by tomorrow, um, and uh, he'll be uh, in studio. But we'll talk more than just obviously Major League Baseball uh, tomorrow on that. Um, uh, before we get to uh, some of the baseball conversation, female listener t- number 28 <laughs> text in. See, this is why, you know, to the to Billy Joe Jim Bob, who said, wow, you make it sound like Jeff Howe was lost searching for the Titanic. Here's your here's your the reason why we talked that way. Female listener number 28 says our family got stuck in the It's a Small World ride for 30 minutes. The song played the entire time, and I thought I was going to go insane. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, what is it John Nelson says as John Bender in, in uh, Breakfast Club? It's an imperfect world. Screws fall out all the time. So things like that do happen. So that's why we said that for him to be subjected and in going into the it's a small world ride, it's it's something else. But yeah, it it can be um, it can be a little bit unnerving on that. So somebody texted in the uh, the uh, gift of uh, the gif of of Ted Knight going. Well, we're waiting. It'll come in the eleven o'clock hour when we uh, when we uh, bring you. Uh, at the time when we give away a copy of the magazine. We're going to do it every day, like I said, on the show, uh, at some point, either in the 10 o'clock hour or 11 o'clock hour, every day, including while I'm on vacation. You'll keep Jeff, you know, reminded. Although he's pretty good at that, on mm-hmm. that when we do that. So that'll that'll be the case. And, uh, and Cameron will take down your vitals, your information there to get so we can get the, the magazine to you. All right. Um, uh, t- to the baseball game last night. Uh, my television watching habits quite often, um, and Linda can tell you this, are, I, I switch a lot. I pop back and forth because I'm, I'm checking on other games and things like that. I have the MLB package and, uh, I have the NBA package and NFL Sunday ticket, all of that, that could be altered based on the fact about them moving, uh, to Amazon prime. So that's, that's going to, or YouTube. So that's going to be real interesting. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, CB says, do you ship out of state? Yes, CB, we would. So if you're a winner, we'll, <laughs> we'll get you, we'll get you done. Um, so my, uh, my baseball viewing or, or my sports viewing habits, I'll flip around to different things and I'm sure I will like 
tomorrow night the NBA draft will be going on. Yeah. But, uh, but I'll be keeping up, obviously, with baseball. If there are, if necessary, games to be played at the College World Series tomorrow, then I would be watching uh, one or both, if, if there are two or one, tomorrow I would be watching those as well. Now, uh, we don't know if that's going to be the case. It depends on what happens tonight because of uh, the uh, brackets now set for the Final Four, if you will. TCU plays Florida at 1 o'clock today. If the Horned Frogs win, those two teams will play one more time tomorrow. That's because Florida hasn't lost yet. It is double elimination in the brackets. TCU, of course, lost its first game to Oral Roberts. They fought their way back through the bracket. Uh, they eliminated, uh, they were able to, to uh, stay alive uh, in, in, the, uh, in the bracket by eliminating Virginia. Then they eliminated Or Roberts uh, yesterday, and now they have to play Florida this afternoon, beat the Gators today, and force one final game tomorrow. If they do bo- all of that, then they'll go to the National Championship Series for the first time in program history. Florida only needs one win and two tries against TCU, either tonight, or either this afternoon or tomorrow for Florida to go back to the championship series. On the other bracket, it's the same story. LSU eliminating Tennessee last night. Remember, LSU lost on Monday night to Wake Forest in a winner's bracket game. Bounce back. Tennessee had eliminated Stanford. And then uh, after losing to LSU last Saturday, then Tennessee stayed alive by eliminating Stanford. And then... Last night, LSU eliminated Tennessee. So now LSU has the same, uh, the same uh, unenviable task that TCU has. And uh, they're playing the number one seed, Wake Forest, who already beat them the other night. It was a great game, a 3-2 game. And so LSU has to beat Wake Forest tonight. That's the second game. That's tonight. To force one final game tomorrow. So... Do we know if Rhett Lauder is going to be on the mound tonight? It's a it's a great story. I mean, it's a great question. I don't know. It hadn't been announced yet to see. So I wonder if, if they're going to just hold him off, give him one more extra I day. I would think they would give him one more day. And then uh, we're talking about Wake Forest, outstanding pitcher. If 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 they goes to the if-necessary game, he's had almost a full week of rest yeah. at that point because he pitched last Saturday. I think what Wake is hoping is they can finish the thing off and then come back to him in game one of the National Championship Series on Saturday. Florida's hoping for the same thing. We could get possibly Skeen's first louder than maybe in tomorrow. If necessary, yeah. elimination game. Wouldn't tomorrow. that be something? That would be must watch be something? TV, I think, right? Yeah. Pretty close to it. Yeah, yeah. It would be something else. Our, our man Tom McKay says Craig needs a four screen uh, Kellner special. It's coming, Tom. As we continue to uh, rework my house, <laughs> it's, that's going to be uh, that's going to be on the. I don't know. I don't know if I need the four screen, but I do flip around a little bit. So my point was going to be, I uh, I watch uh, the uh, I was watching uh, the 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 College World Series last night, but also watching Major League Baseball. Dodgers and Angels were going. Kershaw pitched a gym last night, and the Dodgers scored late to win to win that game. I was watching that. Otani's pitching tonight for the Angels against LA, so that's 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 certainly one. So I'll probably be popping back and forth, flipping back and forth. But also was watching the Rangers game and the Astros. 
So the Astros got things in hand against the Mets, and they were able to snap out of it a little bit, and they they thumped uh, the Mets and Verlander pretty good. So they so the Astros won. So then I'm watching the Rangers and White Sox, and every time I flipped over, either the score had changed or it was about to change. So I'd watch it for a little bit, and then the score would change, and one team would take the lead, or the other team would take, or it would be tied. Uh, the uh, that's the old thing we'd like to talk about in basketball about lead changes that happen. So it was going on in that Rangers White Sox game. So uh, we get down to uh, the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, actually, we get uh, top of the eighth inning. Top of the eighth inning. uh, And uh, the Rangers and the White Sox are are tied at six. And uh, it was... Uh, it was a little bit surreal to see what happened in the game. If you if you had not seen it, um, they're at guaranteed rate field. So Texas enters um, the bottom half of the eighth inning with a two run lead. They're up six four. They got rookie Grant Anderson on the mound. He pitched fairly well, and uh, then. The former Ranger, Elvis Andrews, comes up with a two-out, two-run single off Anderson that tied the score. And uh, then Zach Remillard singles to left. So here comes Andrews to the plate. Travis Jankowski, he and his hair, alongside. <laughs> he's got some No locks. kidding, yeah, he sure does. And he fires a strike, a dart, to Jonah Heim, the Ranger catcher, who goes and he tags Andrus. He's called out at the plate. Inning over. Game tied. 6-6 going to the ninth. Yeah, uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Um, the White Sox decide to challenge the call. And they challenged it not on the basis of Andrus getting his hand in in time because he didn't. Uh, they were challenged it based on the home plate collision rule. And so they had a replay review, and watching, I guess it was Dave Raven and C.J. Nikowski, I guess, were doing the game last night. Um, they're like, well, this, you know, this call's going to stand. We're going to go, I don't even know. Yeah, they're challenging. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> and then the home plate umpire comes out and says, uh, the call is overturned. And uh, and then, first of all, the Rangers broadcast team just went ballistic. They couldn't mm. believe it. So, it was, you know, humiliating, disgraceful, just the inexcusable, all that stuff that was going on. Bruce Bochy comes out, and I heard Aaron playing the 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 interview that Leslie McCaslin had with uh, Bruce Bochy in the uh, uh, in the clubhouse afterwards, or in his office uh, afterwards. And uh, so Bochy comes out. Of course, you can't argue the review. The review came from New York, obviously. It doesn't come from the umpire. The umpires ruled him out at the plate. So the review comes from New York where they said he had blocked the calls overturned. Andrews was ruled safe. Uh, According to the replay review, Heim was determined to have violated the collision rule by not allowing Elvis Andrews a clear path to the plate. So the White Sox suddenly had a one-run lead. Uh, Bochy ejected for arguing the violation. Now, the, he, here's the conversation he had with Leslie McCaslin afterwards. It, it, and you can tell it's not exactly that he came out 
to argue it. He wanted to know what the explanation was, but you can't even really do that because under the ba- uh, under the baseball rule, the explanation is given by the home plate umpire or the crew chief, uh, the home plate umpire. The explanation is given. You're not allowed to come out and then ask to have the explanation explained. <laughs> so, so when he does, he gets ejected. White, White Sox go up 7-6. Uh, they hold on, and they get the win. So here, here's what he had to say when Leslie McCaslin was interviewing Bruce Boshi after the game. So Bosch said it's a tough way to end a game. What explanation, if any, were you given? You know, those guys, I mean, they're, they're not making a call. I get that. I just want to get clarification on on exactly what was called. I could hear and uh, and. And for that call to be made, it, I'm dumbfounded. It's absolutely one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Uh, and, and it was done by replay. I, I just don't get it. Uh, I don't care how many times they'll try to explain it. Uh, you, you can't do that uh, in that situation. Uh, it, it's a shame. It's embarrassing, really. You thought he had a clear lane to the play. What oh. did you see on the play? Yeah. <laughs> He, there was never any contact with the catcher. It's a sweet tag. I, I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. I, I'm just, again, I'm shocked. Uh, you know, uh, Jonah did a great job there. Um, you know, the throw took him to the left a little bit. Sweet tag. I, I, I'm lost on this one. Uh, you know, that's that's a tough one to take. I'm sure it's tough for the team as well. How do you keep them from just getting down about this, but instead using it as momentum for tomorrow? Oh, I'm not worried about them getting down. We've had some tough ones. I mean, this is right up there. A lot of good things happen. I mean, we got down, we battled back. Uh, um, you know, we got away from us. Uh, but, you know, I, I just love to fight in this club, and uh, they fought back, had the lead, uh, couldn't quite hold on to it. Uh, you know, you just have to put this behind you, and that's what this club's done a great job of. Yeah, uh, so there it was. And, and by the way, thank you, Longhorn Bear, who, who did correct me. Yeah, they did. The White Sox also challenged the out call at the plate as well as the home plate collision rule. But Anders was like pounding the plate when he got up there to, to say that he was blocked. And maybe, you know, maybe that's what spurred this thing on even a little more. Uh, here's the way the rule reads. Uh a major league MLB rule 6.01, uh, and then in parentheses, small lowercase letter I, and then in other parentheses, number two. Uh, the MLB rule on collisions at home plate reads as follows, quote, unless the catcher is in possession of the ball, the catcher cannot block the pathway of the runner as he is attempting to score. If In the judgment of the umpire, the catcher without possession of the ball blocks the pathway of the runner. The umpire shall call or signal the runner safe. Notwithstanding the above, it shall not be considered a violation of this rule if the catcher blocks the pathway of the runner in a legitimate attempt to field the throw. And that's the crux of the deal. The Rangers were told that the call was overturned because Himes' initial positioning was ruled illegal, and his subsequent actions hindered Andrew's path to the plate. Now, if you look at it, you can see Elvis kind of veer a little bit outside. But, you know, it got me to thinking that maybe it's kind of almost like the uh, the deal with, uh, with running in the baseline, establishing a path to the plate. And he, and he curves out a little bit there. But I would have to say it would be a stretch to say that he was blocking his path to the plate. 
I've put it this way. I've seen more obvious situations where it looked like a catcher was blocking a runner's path to the plate that were not overturned on that than this one. So, and, and as somebody pointed out, it was Anders who gripped his hand. First he popped on the ground, then he gripped his hand as if to say he was injured in the collision with the catcher. Now, that sparked the challenge. So, uh, so anyway, so that's, that's where that was. Um, and the same thing happened last night, Craig, in the Padres-Giants game. If anyone saw it, uh, a ground ball to Maldonado, um, he threw the home plate, and Nolan made the tag on the Giants runner, called mm-hmm. out. Yeah, he's he's positioned the same exact way as Jonah Heim was last night, and that was not called blocking the plate, but this right. one was. So, as someone on Twitter kind of commented, it feels like the catch no catch rule, where it's like some umpires have a have a different they infer the rule a little bit differently yep. than other umpires. That's where it seems where it's at. But the MLB needs to come out and kind of explain, you know, what this rule means and what it doesn't because it seems like everyone's confused. And like you said with the base runner path, it's the same way. I've seen it in high school games where certain home plate umpires will call it differently than other ones, and you'll see a runner called out and a runner not called out. And, right. and you feel like it's it's black and white, but this umpires, it's not. And that's one thing that all pro sports, uh, baseball with the blocking the path to the plate, Football, the catch, no catch. Basketball, flop or not flop. That That's where they're trying to remove the ambiguity, trying mm-hmm. to remove that gray area, but it, it still hasn't been solved yet. There's still going to be that because of, as you mentioned, Cam, human interpretation of that. And that's, that's where it is. Uh, Jonah Himes' quote was, as catchers, the rule is to protect us. Remember, it's the Buster Posey rule. And, and ironically, you know, uh, Bruce Bochy was the manager of the yeah. Giants when that yeah. happened at Posey when he got the broken leg. As catchers, the rule is to protect us. So I understand it, and I know it's a good rule for us. But when it's taken out of context like that, it's kind of hard. I understand the rule. I know why it's there. When we see it, we know what it looks like, and sometimes it's not the right call. So that was... That was uh, what happened last night. Now, it's important to point out, I think somebody pointed out Bucky Nair in the bullpen had kind of blown the yeah. lead anyway. Uh, they they had. Um, and so, And then once the White Sox had the lead, and then they come out, and Graveman shuts the door uh, in, in the ninth, and that's it. So that's, the, that's where that was. Uh, as Longhorn Bear says, it was a great play by the Rangers defense the ump made the right call yeah he got overturned uh, by review and then Longhorn Bear says go TCU if if uh, the Frogs win today somebody else asked uh, if they make the champion again they've got they got to beat Florida twice that's going to be difficult to do because TCU I can tell you right now they're getting the 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 meter if it's not on E it's getting close Mm -hmm. to pegging on what they have left for pitching it threw everybody last night yeah and Cam Brown had to had started so they've got they've got to be able to try to cobble it together Florida well rested and all this and they only need to win once in in two tries but if they do then uh, somebody asked him what we'll give this a look uh when the last time was that a school appeared in the national championship in the same academic and athletic school year in football and baseball. I'd have to look that up. It's happened in basketball, uh, I remember. Longhorns got very close within a calendar year, but remember they were in the national championship series 
in 04 and 05, and that was spring 05. That was, a, that was the prior academic athletic school year to win the Longhorn football team, went unbeaten in 05, and won the 2005 national championship in, uh, in January of 2006. So they were different. They were adjacent athletic and academic school years there. It's been a good year, uh, obviously, for TCU. Uh, somebody said Florida Gators in 2006. Uh, that that would be a football-basketball double, not a football-baseball double. Yeah, Oregon State, North Carolina were the two teams in the College World Series in I did that. I did that on uh, Westwood One. Oh. Oregon State won that. Yeah, yeah. That, it, the, Florida, that, that would have been a football-basketball. Like I said, it's been pulled off. 2009, Craig. I believe it's actually Texas because – Oh nine was LSU, appeared Texas. in the championship. That's, Unless and you consider that that year. It's not. That's the prior year. Okay. That's the oh eight oh nine academic and athletic school year when Texas was in the national championship series in Omaha in oh nine. They would had to have been it in ten because it was the oh nine football season that then uh, went into January twenty ten when they played Alabama in the BCS yeah. national championship. So it, it would have to be it have to be that. So the question was about baseball. We'll check it out. And we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I thought about this too. Sterner said, "All these years later, years later, you can't legislate pornography. You know it when you see it. <laughs> it's a sports version about that about the blocking at the plate." Uh, our friend Victor's question uh, for you: Do you think we're better off in baseball having these replays now, or would you prefer to go back the way it was? No, I, th- I think it's better with review. Unfortunately, when it gets messed up like it did last night, it sticks out like a sore thumb. By and large, review is beneficial. By and large, it does make a difference, uh, and it gets the call right. That's what it was there for. I, I think in the case of what happened last night, you've got guys who are re- reviewing this in New York who are so structured to the letter of the law and you see Andrews get up and you know grabbing his hand, and you see him kind of veer a little bit outside, and that's where I think they're, they're they said Heim's initial positioning because remember his initial positioning, he doesn't have the ball in his hand and it's not even bouncing close to him yet. He's waiting on it, but that brings to mind the question: of How long? At what point does it click in where the clock is on where you're deemed to be blocking the plate? That is the rub, I think, on that. So, And to answer the question, Craig, it is Miami, Florida in 2001. Okay, yeah, Miami won. Uh, beat Stanford, and then they beat Nebraska in the football national championship 37-14. Again, two separate years. 01 is baseball. Uh, 01 football, Miami won it. Texas won the national championship. 01-02 baseball. You know, that, oh, that it's, again, it's separate – Academic at what we're looking for is the same team that won a national championship in football in a year, and then the calendar flips, but it's the same academic and athletic school year, and they win a baseball. So that would not apply in my Miami won the national title in the spring of '01, then won a football championship in the '01 season. But those are two different, separate academic athletic school years. It's the it. It's, you know, those are different ones. And in the spring of 02, coming off Miami winning the national title in football, Texas won the baseball national championship. 
So it's got to be in the same academic and athletic school. We'll, we'll give it some closer look. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a Longhorn notebook. Uh, we do have Inconceivable. Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, joins us next hour. We will start giving away copies of the brand-new 2023 edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We'll do that today as we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Light the Tower. I want you to listen to this and just think of Jeff Howe on like a teacup thing rolling through there. It's a great thought, isn't it? (laughs) Jeff riding through this. (laughs) Hey, we've all done it, right? If those of us who had kids or, or if you've taken a, a nephew, um, or a niece or something like that, or a friend's kid, You've done that. <laughs> Can you imagine this, Cam? You hear this? Just it's. Yeah, I wouldn't last. I would not last. It's it's just like 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 the texter said. It was like on a continuous loop for like a half an hour, and you're just hearing it over and over while you're stuck on the ride. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we continue to light the tower on the horn. Uh, Jeff Howells with his family there at Disney World. I'm sure he'll have all kinds of tales to to uh, tell when he gets back from vacation. I'll be out next week, but uh, we will still be giving out the uh, brand-new copies of the 2023 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, they, they arrived this morning, and so we will not waste any time. We were going to give away one per show on this program. We always do that. And then there will be additional copies given away online at hornfm.com. So stay tuned for details about that. that that'll that happen. Right now, it's time for a Longhorn Notebook. Longhorn Notebook. Uh, a lot of conversation about the transfer portal, especially with college baseball getting down to uh, its final four teams and where the Longhorns are with the transfer portal. Uh, this is in terms of the players who have already entered the portal. We know about shortstop Mitchell Daly, uh, pitcher DJ Burke, Kobe Minchie, Longhorn pitcher, and Pierce George uh, have all entered the portal. Longhorns of course, uh, are getting a couple of guys out of uh, transferring into Texas. Pitchers, Will Rigney from Baylor uh, transferring in. And then yesterday it was announced by Will Mercer, uh, Notre Dame left-hander, pitched over 120 innings over a 40-year career for the Irish, announced his intention to join the Longhorns next season. He was exclusively a bullpen arm. Uh, it was 26 innings and 14 appearances with a 2.77 ERA. So uh, he's also a native Texan. He was a high school teammate of Dylan Campbell's, a straight Jesuit in Houston. So uh, that's your um, the update on uh, with regard to uh, the transfer portal to uh, 
pitchers coming in on that. Uh, let me go back to the specs text line because we had some we had some additional questions before we get to the break before inconceivable. <laughs> so I say, come on, man. Already went through this three different times talking about the it's a small world female listener twenty eight who told the story about the family getting stuck in the it's a small world ride for thirty minutes in the song and played the entire time. She said, I thought I was gonna go insane, just added great. Now I need therapy. <laughs> uh on the uh Rangers White Sox controversy at the plate, Longhorn Bear said, You know, Elvis Andrews' hand did not seem to hurt after the calls overturned. He was pretty excited in the dugout. We saw the shots from there. Uh, Texas Alpha also asked me, or asked, uh, can you explain the double out that happened in the TCORU game? Since when can you knock a runner off a base, whether intentional or not? The answer is when you knock him off the base. Um, and, and I know that sounds cheeky, but here's, here, here's the way that rule works. And he's talking about yesterday where TCU wound up uh, uh, with uh, one player sliding into another, uh, Austin Davis was one of the ones and came off the base. As uh, there was another horn frog, I was listening uh, on radio when I was driving home and heard this. And one player was already out, tagged, and then knocked the other player off the base. And if you're off the base and you get tagged and you're off the base, it doesn't matter unless it was an opposing player that knocked you off. Then it's obstruction, and you're allowed the base. If your own teammate bumps into you and knocks you off, you're fair game to be tagged out. That was uh, replay review utilized and utilized correctly, Mm -hmm. by the way. It was the correct call. Uh, It's an obscure thing because it rarely, if ever, happens. Uh, but it is, but it is the rule, and it is it was the correct interpretation of the rule, and the and the replay review uh, held it up, uh, upheld it there. Um, I said it's, it's safe to bet that Whiny Jeff will make an appearance in Florida. He's there. He's down there in Florida. <laughs> He's doing that. But so, is it Whiny Jeff? Which is it? Reading the Whiny oh, Jeff version? Oh yeah, yeah, or? yeah. Because he's having to deal with that sort of thing. Listen, I wouldn't blame him for being Whiny Jeff on that. I really wouldn't. That's and, and and some of that is me getting older as well. I did all of this stuff with my kids, this kind of stuff. I took uh, my two oldest ones. Let's show you how old I am and how old this would have been the summer of '94. You weren't even alive in '94, now were you? Yeah, uh, my two oldest, who are now uh, 33 and 32, uh, with my wife at the time, we went to. Uh, Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually stayed in a hotel called the, the Mountain Lake Hotel in Virginia, which is basically where they filmed Dirty Dancing. Oh, they set the movie like in upstate New York, but it's it was actually filmed at this hotel on the lake there in Virginia. And you've seen you've seen the movie Dirty Dancing. I, mean, I could look at it and tell you, oh, I stayed in that cabin, you know that kind of thing. So we stayed there for for a couple of nights and then went over to uh, to Colonial Williamsburg. And even though my kids were little, they were kind of into it. We only had two at the time. Laurie was pregnant with our third, uh, the one who's now on the cruise right now. And uh, we did, we've got the the little bonnet, maiden bonnet for Haley, and uh, she was three, and Andy got a tri-corner hat, you know, in Colonial Williamsburg, so we were walking around that. Uh, so we did that. But we also went to Bush Gardens, and... There were the teacup rides and all that other kind of stuff. You did that as well. Andy was pretty upset that they would not let him get on 
the I forgot the name of it, but it it, it was it looked a lot like the steel eel at um, at, at uh, SeaWorld. A uh, big high road. They wouldn't let it. I think it was called Loch Ness Monster. Okay. They wouldn't let him get on that one, but they let him get on one called the Big Bad Wolf that we got on. That's one of those ones where your legs hang out and you're just kind of flung around because he was, you know, he was only four at the time and he really wanted to. So we did that. So I've been down that road and, and I understand that. You take small children, you you do that. That's it's being a dad. That's it's that's part of that deal. It just it just happens that it happens that way uh, so uh bizarro dale dudley says my dad took my little sister was seven at the time out there and while they were entertaining her i rode space mountain for an entire tuesday tripping on acid great times <laughs> okay uh yeah uh, so anyway there was there was that so uh and and, and if somebody said the runner from second was going away from third. I get it, but if you it, it, he the, according to to uh, the re- replay review, the collision with his own teammate, and that's what the broadcasters were saying as well, dislodged him from the bag, and then the tags on him, and that's why he's out. That was the explanation that was given on that. Uh, okay, up next we do have inconceivable. As we continue to light the tower on the horn, 1049, 1019, AM twelve sixty. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Conceivable. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, some of those things might have been uh, in baseball yesterday would have could have uh, been construed as inconceivable would have happened in the uh, Rangers game. And also uh, that double play in the TCU game. <laughs> it's like our friend from Baker's Brisket Company says, great, now defenses will be falling into runners to knock them off. Hopefully umpires there would be able to be able to tell intent on that sort of thing. And he said, gee, I miss John Bible. Unfortunately, our friend John Bible would not have been able to help in that situation. That was overturned from the command center. Yep. Same thing with the Ranger game where, and I think all of our collective opinions, the right call was made at the plate on a tag out at the plate by Heim before replay review from New York, from New York overturned it. So that's, that's how that works. Uh, somebody said, how does a pitcher announce his intent to use the stretch, go from the stretch of the windup? Have you ever seen a balk called for that reason except yesterday? Well, it's all about the body language on that. You have to come to a full and discernible stop. And it started to get a little bit murkier with hip turns and things like that and some movement. That, But you have to come to that complete stop before your actual – discernible committed move to home plate is made there has to be a stop at least a discernible pause a stop in that that was an issue last night in that tcu Earl roberts game. yeah yeah so it, bizarre times. deal you know on that so and that was because they were trying to get a timeout because of pitch clock yeah situation so that's what that's what happened there it was a bizarre game yesterday there's no doubt about that okay uh, we got a couple of things uh, to get to here. Uh, one uh, is, hey, there's good news if you're headed up to Philadelphia. <laughs> if you're headed to Philadelphia, hopefully that, that can give you some good news anyway. Now, um, remember how part of I-95 just collapsed? Yeah, yeah. And they said it was going to take months to get it done. Uh, and it happened 10 days ago, June yeah. 11th. It's going to reopen this weekend. Wow. Yeah. 
Crazy how that works. I know. I know. The Pennsylvania governor, Josh Shapiro, uh, has said thanks to the 24-7 work of crews at the site. We've made tremendous progress over just the last few days. He said at a news conference yesterday, I can confidently state right here, right now, that traffic will be flowing here on I-95 this weekend. We have completed every phase of this project and way ahead of schedule. So, uh, so good. If you're driving up in the area, good luck to you on that. I want to make sure that there are people actually driving over and over before you roll over just because it, that seemed awful quick. That that happened, but they say they got it done. And so. somehow, in 15 years, uh, I-35 around Round Rock will still be under construction. Yeah. But it took 10 days for them to fix that in Philly. So. Yeah. Um, update on the uh, missing Titanic search sub. They're still trying to get it out. They did get a little bit of encouraging news yesterday. They heard banging sounds from around 13,000 feet down below. Okay. So they're kind of turning their search attention to that area. But right now, that crew of five is inside of 24 hours of yeah. oxygen left. It's tonight, right? Isn't yeah. the deadline somewhere around tonight? Yeah, so they're they're frantically trying to find that. So there, and again, with thoughts and prayers, hope for the best on that. Um, there's uh, you like chocolate, right? Yeah. Um, you should know that cocoa prices are soaring. Mm. So. If you have a sweet tooth, take note, folks. Cocoa prices have been soaring, and it could drive chocolate prices higher. Higher prices can be helpful for struggling cocoa farmers, um, and they're having uh, a lot of trouble in in places where in Europe, in Asia, um, and in the tropical Pacific Ocean area, which usually brings warmer global temperatures. They're dealing with an El Nino. So as a result of that... Uh, it uh, cocoa futures have risen about 21%. The higher prices are often driven by the demand exceeding the supply. So price goes up on a Hershey bar. You'll know why. Just letting you know on that. Um, what is the, the cost of a Hershey's bar now? I, can't, uh, I don't remember. Last time I bought it, candy it, store. it depends on where you get it. Like, for example, if you walk into an HEB or Randall's, mm-hmm, yeah. they'll, they'll have these specials where you can get... Buy two, get two free. They're like a buck sixty nine each or something like that. But if you buy two, they'll give you four for two. But you have to buy like a multiple. You can't buy just one. Yeah. I think. I don't think it's a bogo. I think you got to buy two to, to, uh, you know, to to get that. I've seen like buy ten get ten free. Like ah, uh, okay, that's a little too much for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll yeah that 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 would be kind of overloading a little bit. Uh, if you do overload that much on it, you might not be with us much longer. And we have a couple of notes along those lines. Um, in India, they, of course, deal with heat like we do here. It was like 103 yesterday, 104 yes, yesterday. Super here. humid. It's, it was 113 yesterday. Oh, fun. And they're saying now that the number of bodies that are being brought to a crematorium by the River Ganges, has doubled in the past week. Uh, in the last four to five days, it's reached 25 to 30 bodies there. So, wow. Just from heat exhaustion? Yep, yep, from the heat. That's the, There's some of that happening. Um, here's, here's another uh, story. Uh, th- this is one where we would almost need Jeff because we'd, we'd have to get his thoughts on the cauldron. Oh, boy. I have a feeling he would say this is cauldron-worthy. Yeah. 
here. Um, hey, he might be in line for enlisting into small world, so maybe we could get him on for that's you know, true. 30 that's true. seconds. That's true. Probably use the break. Um, this, As quite often happens with some of this stuff, uh, we find out about these things through a viral video that's reported by a TikTok yeah. creator, and someone did. Naturally. Showing footage of a woman who repeatedly, and that's the key word there, repeatedly had stolen flowers from a person's grave. Oh, jeez. And so he's like, how do, you, how do you know that? Well, uh, in this viral TikTok, the creator reposted a video uh, where somebody was really getting upset because the flowers they kept leaving on the grave of a woman kept disappearing. So then what the person did, smart play, uh, the person put an Apple AirTag in a flower pot. Okay, yeah. People use Apple AirTags to track their luggage yeah, yeah. when it gets lost by the airline. So they placed an Apple AirTag in a flower pot well, upon leaving some of the grave. Sure enough, what followed, then they were able to track down a, uh, a woman in middle to upper middle age who... When police showed up, there were potted flower plants all in front and around her house. At her house? At her house. So so what happened is the police officers arrived at this woman's home. The flower pot in question was sitting in her front yard. They confronted her about it. She denied it. So then the person went in there, reached their hand into the soil, and pulled out the plastic bag wrapped Apple air tag that they originally placed there. I'll speak for Jeff, and I'll just go ahead. Yep, you're str- you're admitted to the cauldron. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Stealing flowers off someone's grave is that's pretty low. Sick. Uh, and then we had uh, one guy um, uh, who passed away, and his son had to write. Was asked to write an obituary, and he wasn't sure what to write. And they said, "Well, just write it like you would say it." So he said, okay. So here's what he wrote. He wrote that uh, on many occasions in life, James was seen in his backyard at the trailer park during the early hours of the morning, hammering beers, standing over country-style ribs and yelling, it's got a head like a cat on it, while nearby neighbors would peek out their windows bearing looks of disgust and amazement as party guests were slurring remarks about needing to speed up his cooking style. We've been here since 5 o'clock. I've got work in the morning. And ultimately, uh, they said, he will be moderately missed. <laughs> moderately missed. Yeah. That's my goal in life, to be moderately, moderately missed when I pass missed. away. James yeah. will be moderately missed. From Somerset, Kentucky, home, I will tell you, of the Somerset Briar Jumpers. That's the high school football mascot. Briar Jumpers? The Briar Jumpers. The Somerset Briar Jumpers in Kentucky. I remember that from mascot research of many years ago. Stoner says it's not cauldron worthy to steal the flowers off somebody's grave. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I'll disagree with that one, Stoner. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming up, Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, our first visit of the advent of the 2023 football season. And we will give away a copy of the magazine coming up here in the second hour of Light the Tower, which you can hear right here on the horn, 1049. 1019 AM 1260 and as always you can catch us live local and digital right here on the Horn app and at hornfm.com